This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, you're listening to the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm Orlando Murren and I'm your host today. And we are talking about Christmas side dishes, starters and treats and snacks. But before we get on to that, Tom, I want to ask you, because I'm I'm in Christmas morning mood here, what's the best Christmas present you ever had? Oh, mate, do, do you know what? We're so lucky that most of it is time off. I got to be honest, it's time for me. It's I work in an industry where quite often we will be open on Christmas Day. So when it came to opening the Hand of Flowers, we opened it for the first year um, and then went, actually, do you know what? It's our own business. That's it. We're not going to open again on Christmas Day. So the best Christmas present that I've ever had is not working Christmas. So that that that's my happiest time. Yeah, not working Christmas Day. That's really sweet, isn't it? Any? How about the the worst Christmas present that you've ever had would be having to work Christmas Day? Then after that, it is. Although I, I mean, there's a level of Christmas present. One year, I bought Beth two new tires for her van. I mean, that's. I mean, that's not. That's not the worst Christmas present I've received. It's probably the worst I've ever given. <laughs> and how do you structure Christmas morning in the Carriage household? 
Well, it depends where we are normally, but most if we're at home, um, it will be me be cooking, rustling up some breakfast, and that breakfast might be a bit of smoked salmon with some uh, some like some drop scone style pancakes um, that or, that might be sweet, might be savoury, um, with some fruit and um, maybe a little bit of creme fraiche. Who knows? Uh, you never know. I might have robbed. A Tin of caviar from the restaurant because it's shut for three days and no one will know. Who who knows? But that that's kind of that that's the sort of morning that we'll have. It may be a load of sausages put in the oven and we'll have sausage sandwiches. But that's kind of like the days up. Also because obviously you know I, we have a young son that he, he was all about the presents. So there's no lying on Christmas Day. That's for certain. So it's up. Check if Santa's been. Make sure that you know there's some presents that are opening breakfast and then get on with cooking lunch christmas tunes on having fun what time is that do, do you end up getting up then for ac what time do, what time does he uh... i mean if he's sleeping past 6 a.m every morning we're 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 we we go with that'll do and does he get a huge heap of presents do you sit or does he some uh, open some of them and then some of them later how, so, do, you, how yeah, do you do that he'll have santa's presents and then if we've got the rest of the family coming over later we all do present opening later then in the afternoon so that's what so he'll have santa's presents that's brought him in the morning and then family presents will be later in the afternoon but christmas is quite it's an amazing time but it's also slightly strange because his birthday is the 21st of december so he has this kind of like week of chaos and presents that just constantly come to him some of them are wrapped in christmas wrapping paper some of them are in birthday paper some of them are like so he, he yeah it's just a, a chaotic few days for him that is absolute like the, the most fun ever and are you at liberty to say what he's getting for christmas this year i would love to tell you what he's getting for christmas this year however uh that normally falls into the hands of my wife who uh is, is structured and organized it all if it was down to me i'd probably get something like a pet crocodile but it doesn't go down very well <laughs> now in mid-morning you're, you're probably quite peckish after that very early start mid-morning would you have kind of you mentioned sausage sandwiches there but would you have some kind of canopy or something or have, have guests started to arrive by that time yeah i mean there's always things going on in the house there's always stuff that's been made whether it's mince pies whether it's things like cheese straws whether it's things that are just snacky things do you know what we live in a world now where we're very fortunate that so many of the supermarkets the great places do super party style snacks i mean just think nibbly things for people to have you know th those are the sort of things that float around but whether it's things like little roasted cocktail sausages whether it, it, it you know like you could pan fry them and then deglaze it with honey and reduce them down and sit them on the side there that, that works really nicely with a load of sesame seed thrown over the top stuff like that is always floating about. And we don't need our listeners to be embarrassed if they buy stuff. That that, that kind of that, absolutely those fiddly not. things which are really quite tough on the cook. Really, absolutely not. You, you know, you mustn't because, because it's such a stressful time Christmas. This is the thing about Christmas, right? So many people get stressed about what they're doing for people that if there's tricks and tips and things that float about the supermarkets have got, you must embrace them. Don't be embarrassed by them. You know, even, you know, things like there's nothing wrong with a selection box of crackers where you can use um, different things and use them as canapes. You know, put steak tartare up, chop it up, serve it on a cracker. Mix together some, I don't know, some some little bits of cheese with some truffle and honey. Drizzle it over the top. A uh, bit of cured fish, stick it on a crack. Like, don't worry about making tartlets or, uh, or, or or little bits of toast or doing, you know, the, if there's things there, crisp breads or things that work to help you, to help make your life easier, 
use it because Christmas is such a stressful time for so many people. The main thing is, let's get the turkey right. Let's get the roast potatoes right. Everyone will remember the roast potatoes, won't they? Concentrate on getting that right and everything else will fall in place. Now, we had a question in from one of our members of BBC Good Food Together, the lovely Facebook group. Um, Elizabeth Taysom said, "What this is to do with stress, I think. What can be prepared ahead of the day? That would be great to know, please. So, so much can be prepared ahead of the day. So um, your, your, your veggies can be blanched and cooked and ready done. The sprouts can be cooked. The carrots can be cooked. The roast potatoes can actually have their first blanch until they're soft and cooked and done. Um, just not the roasting bit, but cooked all the way through. All of that can be done. And then all you've got to do is reheat it. All you've got to do is then drop them into either some boiling water or heat it up in lots of really hot melted butter. So you're not worrying about my carrots won't be cooked in time. This won't be cooked in time. That won't be cooked in time. The other thing to do even on Christmas Day if you're worried about that roast your potatoes first okay get them all cooked first before you put all your meat in okay so there's nothing wrong with doing that you roast them all first leave them to one side do that first thing whilst you're making breakfast okay roast potatoes are cooked then you can roast your meat your turkey your beef whatever it is you're doing then when you take that out and leave that to rest that's the case when you can reheat your potatoes get they'll go back hot they'll go back crispy they go back perfect Honestly, don't worry about it. It, uh, Reheating things, people are worried about that. But honestly, it will make make your life so much easier. That's how we do it in restaurants. I want to ask you a bit more about the vegetables in a moment. But before we get onto the vegetables, do you think we need a starter for the Christmas dinner, some kind of first course? Well, sometimes I do and then sometimes I don't because I think everybody really wants... You you want people overindulge on their main course, don't they? They put an extra potato on because it's Christmas. They put extra slice of meat on. They have whatever else. And if you're doing that, then you know you definitely don't need a starter. You want to keep the washing up to a minimum. I would go with having a really fun, good breakfast, then having some sort of like floaty canopy stuff, nibbles, and going full on for your big Christmas dinner. But if you were going to do a starter, again, try make it something that you've done in advance, whether it's things like potted salmon or or potted crab or something like a nice terrine or a pate or things like that. Something that is done. I wouldn't do anything that you've got to make or cook on the morning, like cook on the, like pan fried scallops or, you know, I would just do something very simple, very flavoursome that you, you've already got it done. And so, certainly something cold because you've got your hob, you've got, and the oven, everything's full, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you on, definitely don't on, want to be even cooking got, it. You've even got things heating up in the dishwasher haven't you yeah <laughs> on, a, on a hot cycle now we've got a delicious snack here which is i figure you would be serving mid-morning if i know you and these are your sage and onion devils on horseback yeah look and at them they look they're great absolutely don't they? gorgeous they're like they're like little miniature um scotch eggs they look like but they are in fact prunes wrapped around a bacon uh chopped bacon filling sausage meat and, and bacon filling and wrapped in wrapped in smoked streaky bacon i'll tell you now mate you better get one in now before i eat all of them yeah <laughs> absolutely gorgeous so do you always use smoked streaky streaky bacon and smoked bacon i i tend to use those now but there's all the other bacons available which... there's so many but smoked is so so good mm. for me i love the flavor of smoked things whether it's smoked eel or smoked salmon smoked butter whatever i love the flavors mm. that you get from it it's absolutely mm. delicious you know I, I love the way that for me, bacon has got that lovely kind of salty cure, but that next layer of flavour you get from smoked for me is fantastic. 
Mm. That's so tasty. Well, well, that recipe is online. Sage and onion devils on horseback, and I can't recommend it strongly enough. And that we could get that all together ready and in the fridge, and then just bake it at eleven o'clock or ten thirty or whenever everyone's getting terribly hungry. To be honest, I bake them pretty much as people arrive because if you bake them beforehand, you're going to eat them before all your guests arrive. <laughs> Uh, and we also have pigs in blankets or kilted soldiers, as they call them in Scotland, which are uh, delicious, but not as good as these. And they don't, they're, they're very nice, but they're just simply sausages and bacon. Whereas this has the prune in it, which adds a whole kaleidoscope of flavour. It's delicious, isn't it? Mm. There's something very nice about prunes, that they work so well with meat. They have that kind of sweetness that is just almost like a warm chutney, isn't it, that goes with meat and it's fantastic. It's probably umami. Is it umami? Umami? Yeah, that's kind of that like <laughs> savoury kind of um, uh, soy saucy kind of flavours mm, that you get. Mm. Now, we had to come to this, so we are here. Brussels sprouts. Anyone listening, by all means, tune out if you're a Brussels sprouts hater, but we're going to try and turn you to Brussels sprouts. I know that you're a fan. I'm a fan. So what can we do uh, either to further charm people who love Brussels sprouts or, or change the minds of people who don't like them? So listen, the best way of doing Brussels sprouts for me is always either cutting them in half or cutting them into quarters, quite small, and then cook them in a wok. Okay, so rather than boiling them, don't do them in boiling water, don't don't blanch them, don't cook them like cabbages. Or, or what you want to do is get a wok with some uh, oil in it, some butter, and then if you can do it for a number of ways, there's two different flavorings that I like to get in. Chestnuts I'll always use in, the, you know, the vac pack cooked chestnuts, that's fine, you crumble them in. But you can put pancetta into the wok and fry that and then add the sprouts or chorizo. Chorizo works really, really nicely in it. So if you put chorizo, get that nice and crispy, let the fat come out, then throw in the sprouts and you cook them. You're almost like stir frying them and the heat. So, and the so natural... tossing them in the, in the pan. Exactly. How hot is the pan? It's, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. proper wok hot. Yeah, yeah, but then the seasoning, the salt process, the cure from the pancetta or, or the chorizo is a, is a salt, which then will draw the moisture from the leaves of the sprouts. Sprouts. So they almost steam. Like stir frying is actually steaming. It's a quick way of quick steaming vegetables, the movement, the steam. And you do that, and that way they'll keep the sprouts really nice and green, really nice and crisp, and, and, and they're absolutely outstanding. And then finish them with chestnuts or some smoked almonds. You know, you can get those lovely smoked almonds from Spanish delicatessens that you could just crumble up and chop up and put them on the top. Absolutely fantastic. It's a great way of cooking sprouts. And can you do that uh, at about midday or something like that? Or do, does that no, need no, to be done the last wanna, minute? Yeah, that's the one thing that you do last okay. minute. That's the last thing that you're putting together is pan frying or wok frying those sprouts. Well, it, you could do it, it in a big saucepan as well. I mean, it will take, and it will take longer than you think it's going to take because you're not putting them in boiling water. And if you want to, you can every now and then put a little splash of water in that helps to steam them. But it's most definitely the best way of doing it. And don't be scared of the salt either because the salt will keep them nice and crisp and fresh and green and vibrant. Roughly how long do we do you think we need to allow for those? Five minutes. Okay, I thought you were going to say 25 minutes. Oh my God, no, mate, if you've done them five minutes, that, <laughs> we're getting back into the realms of back into school dinners <laughs> where they've gone a little bit yellow and brown and that's that's not what you want. Now, how about carrots? What would you do with the carrots? Whole, keep them whole and cook them in butter, water, sugar, star anise, pinch of salt and you cook them out for ages and ages and ages until they go really nice and soft. But what happens is the water evaporates, the sugar and the butter begins to caramelise and you get a lovely kind of glaze and a coat on them 
And keeping them whole is a really nice way. It's, it's easy for service. It's easy for serving them. But also it intensifies the flavors because carrots are so full of natural sugars as well. And it creates this wonderful, beautiful, flavorsome carrot that is really easy. You just put one or two on someone's plate and that's it. It's job done. How long would that take, do you think? At least 25 minutes, maybe longer. You know, it's sometimes it could take up to an hour. It doesn't really matter because they can stay hot. If they're cooked, they stay hot on one side and the water evaporates and the, the, you just get this kind of lovely glaze that goes all over and the carrots go all shiny and sticky and the flavour that you get from it is absolutely first rate. I'm completely sold on those. What else is on my plate apart from in the way of vegetables? We've got the roast potatoes, we've got the sprouts. We've got Honey the roast parsnips. Honey roast parsnip, but again, a little bit like the carrots that will keep them whole. Sometimes people cut parsnips in quarters or half, and when they roast them, they all go a little bit, they're thin at the end and they go a little bit dry. What I like to do is keep the parsnips whole, peeled, and then I'll, I'll blanch them first, a little bit like the roast potatoes, exactly the same. You blanch them until they're soft, leave them out, and then in a tray in the oven, cook them until they get nice and crisp all on the outside and then just deglaze with a little bit of honey right at the last minute. So this honey kind of caramelizes. You've already got this roasted and cooked parsnip. And it again, so you get you could get a whole carrot, whole parsnip, couple of potatoes. It makes it so easy for serving. It makes it so much easier. Maybe that's why I don't like parsnips very much because you get that stringy bit at the end. That's which exactly you chop it. Off and it kind of sticks to teeth. Not very good, is yeah. it? No, so, that's so. exactly it. Keep the parsnips bigger. Keep everything bigger. There's no, it roasts better. It has bigger flavour. While we're talking vegetables, maybe not for Christmas, are there any trendy vegetables coming up that you're interested in and, and that you're keeping an eye on for the, for the year ahead? Roots are always uh, are lovely to use and they, they, they get used quite a lot as is, but beetroots and celeriacs and swedes and turnips, salt baking is a lovely way of doing it. And you could do that for Christmas as well. You could make a salt crust dough, roll it all out, wrap all the vegetables in it and bake it. And, you know, they would be absolutely beautiful. They steam and bake in their own salt crust how does that salt crust work is that is that where you mix the the rough salt with egg whites you can do rough salt with egg whites if you wanted to or you make a pastry that's got salt and flour and water and mixed together and becomes quite pliable and you can wrap it all around the vegetables and you bake it and that kind of salty seasoning helps to steam the vegetables and they cook within their own kind of steam and juices and they taste fantastic and then once they're cooked so you could do them the day before salt bake them and then you roast them in the oven afterwards to get them hot so they've got the flavour from the salt bake, but then roast it up in the oven and it's a beautiful way of doing it. While we're talking about food being hot, um, it's, it's a bit of a strain getting all the Christmas food onto the table in a really, really hot state. Do you think that really matters if some of the things are not as hot as they were when they started out? I, no, actually, it, so many things, food tastes better when it's not piping hot. It tastes better when it is slightly, you know, just above warm. You know, it, it, I don't mean cold and tepid and, and like it's beginning to congeal on the plate, but I do mean that, you know, that, that food tastes better when it's warm and you can put it in your mouth. If you're having to blow on something to cool it down before you put it in your mouth, the flavours aren't going to come through there. So there isn't anything wrong, particularly with serving things into the middle of the table, letting everything kind of sit in that ambient room temperature and letting people help themselves. It's definitely, it definitely works for flavour a little bit cooler than direct from oven. I think some people are a bit fearful of that. And in olden days, I know they were very obsessed about having terribly hot plates and the food had to be terribly hot when it was put in front of you, but it's not the way to do it. No, I think warm plates helps because if you've got food, it will help keep it at that temperature for much longer. I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it serve it on cold plates, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with food being warm. 
And what about Yorkshire puddings? On the Facebook <laughs> group, a couple of people said, um, do we have Yorkshire puddings with our turkey? Well, I mean, me personally, no, I probably won't. And I won't be around to doing them because there's so many other things going on in the oven as there is. You know, there's the turkey being roasted, there's the potatoes, I'll be roasting parsnips, we'll be doing, I don't know, we might be doing a bit of salt baking, you might be doing, like, the oven space is always a premium. And Yorkshire puddings... Once they're in, you can't open the door because then they collapse. So it's one of those things. If you're going to make them, great. I have nothing against you having Yorkshire puddings to go with your roast turkey. But I won't be doing them. I won't be doing them. But I, and I see, if I was doing beef, though, however, I would have to do them. Yorkshire puddings would have to go with beef, bread sauce with turkey, mint sauce with lamb. You know, you kind of look at those kind of... You kind of look at how it... Uh, uh, those traditional kind of accompaniments of where they were... I won't be doing it, but I haven't got a problem with people having Yorkshire puddings with them. It must be possible to do Yorkshire puddings in advance because you can buy frozen Yorkshire puddings. So someone knows somewhere. (laughs) So someone somewhere knows how to make a Yorkshire pudding that that can be reheated. It would be exactly the same sort of thing. If you wanted to do them, you can bake them in that morning, um, the same as the potatoes, and then reheat them. They're very easy to reheat. They're puffs of air, aren't they? You'd probably kind of high bake them a bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, you need to make sure they're dried in the middle. Whereas there's a there's a kind of underdone, slightly custody thing, which can be good about a Yorkshire pudding, which I don't think you can get if you're reheating them because it's going to turn to leather when it reheats. Exactly. It? Now, we've had a couple of questions in from Good Food Together uh, from people who are in smaller groups. So, in other words, they're, they're actually ones for two and ones for three. And they're looking for um, exciting food um, that feels festive but isn't on the grand scale because... They've well, poor Emma Gaines feel that she's missing out on that indulgent sport for choice feeling. And Selena Barnett Chapel would just appreciate some ideas so that they don't feel left out of the party if they're a smaller group. So what would you recommend for these? Yeah, I get it. Because the thing about Christmas is this is great big joints of meat that's stuck into the middle of the table and people don't people don't uh, um necessarily um if you're a small a smaller family or if there's only a couple of you, you know, you're not gonna roast a full rib of beef or a whole turkey, are you? So I would say finding yourself really good, beautiful chicken would do exactly the same thing if there's a smaller group of you but we, we've we've talked brief previously uh, about a, a kind of like a, a pork wellington on one of the podcasts before that's perfect serves between four and six people really nicely but also embracing british game this time of year partridges and pheasants that feels very very festive you know you can serve all the bits and bobs with it but you haven't got to you know there isn't as much there you know there is there'll be very little wastage uh, you know if you did a partridge each or half a pheasant each you know you you've got plenty of food it tastes fantastic you know it's not overly gamey it's got lovely flavor it feels very Christmassy or even like a loin of venison you know something like that that you could roast that suddenly becomes um feels very very Christmassy it feels very very on point um with, with great British cookery and it sits with the things same things like the carrots and the sprouts but it's nowhere near as big tell us about cooking game generally because I think a lot of people are concerned about it they love the idea but they're not quite sure how to go about it because it's not it's not really just a tiny chicken it's a 
different bird, isn't it? It is, but essentially, if you treat it like a tiny chicken, remove the stress about it, and you just roast it the same, it's absolutely delicious, you know. And the thing about pheasant and partridge now, when when I was growing up, game was always seen as something that was, you never knew where it was reared, how old it was, what it had eaten, and then you'd shoot it, and then someone would hang it up outdoors until it had gone green and mouldy, and then you'd cook it, and but you'd have to cook it, till it when it was rare. So it was it was all a little bit... I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. It was all a little bit Mr. Prove It. Now it's very, very different. Game has become one of the biggest sellers. It works very well in restaurants. Um, and it's because game we eat now is much younger uh, in terms of we shoot it, uh, it comes into the restaurants and it serves straight away. It's not hung, it's not aged. It's already got the flavour of outdoors. We don't need to intensify that. So it, it, it's 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 young, it's cooked, it's got that flavour, that, that, but it's not too pungent, it's not too strong, particularly with things like pheasant and partridge. And if you treat it just like a little chicken, it does taste delicious. You won't quite get the crispy skin on it, but the flavour that you get of it is lovely. And then when it comes to venison, a loin of venison, treat it just like it's a steak. You know, it's nowhere near as thick as a fillet steak, but if you ask for a beautiful loin of venison and you pan roast it, get loads of lovely colour on it, and it, the flavour it is very very subtle it's absolutely beautiful you know if you're a beef lover you'll love venison and would you serve that with beef gravy absolutely yeah 100 percent. serve it with beef gravy with red wine and it's delicious and the other game birds you serve those with chicken the equivalent of chicken gravy yeah exactly yes treat it like poultry like you would serve it with the chicken gravy does grouse still exist nowadays my father used to be obsessed with grouse grouse but that comes through into the sea the seas grouse season has ended so that's early that's the first game bird that happens in uh august do you serve grouse in the restaurant? Yeah, this year was actually a very difficult season for grouse um, in terms of, I don't think the heather was very good. It's one of the game birds that isn't reared. It's not, it does, it's not laid down. It's not, it's, it's how you look after the, how you look after the heather, which makes a big difference to, to whether you get the birds in or not. Um, but this year, the, the grouse was, uh, we, we do serve it. You know, you, get, you come through at the beginning of, uh, middle of August, August the 12th, you have the glorious 12th. And then uh, the grouse runs through from there onwards. Uh, and then you move into pheasant and partridge which is also um which is fantastic you know the flavors are great and it's really it, it's it's not very often that people will cook that at home so it's nice when it's on in restaurants because it people feels like people are having an occasion when they go there and it's there i think we're a bit nervous of it and I'm, I'm sure i'm really ignorant but is there shot in these birds i mean do you have to do you crunch on a piece of lead or or what well there might be <laughs> i mean they are shot they're not i mean it is it's game so it's not it's not um it, it, it's not reared and then slaughtered in the same way so so yeah there will all there may well be but venison no there won't be venison it, it's shot in a different way so it but yeah there may well be bits of shot but most probably not no well let's encourage people to give it a Give it some thought anyway, as an as an alternative. Now, lunch is over. What happens in the carriage household in the afternoon after this feast? Who clears up? I wash uh, up. You wash up? hundred percent I wash up. You do all your own washing up. Yeah, I, I and I tell you why, and it's not and it drives everyone else nuts, right? But I I have to I have to do it. I have to have the structure doing it because no one else knows where anything goes in my kitchen. So it may well be useful that they're helping. But it's actually not helping because I'll have to go back around after everyone's done it anyway and put it back in all the different spaces. And like, I just, it's just easier if I just do it myself. And I quite enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I quite like getting on with it and doing it. And because 
it's also because I'm a non-drinker. So through lunch, like everyone's had a couple of glasses of wine and they're all having a, and it's cool and they're all now a little bit sleepy. I'd rather just get it done, get it cleaned up, get it done, job done. Uh, like restaurant mode kicks in, you know, service is done, get cleaned down. As soon as you can get it cleaned down, you can get home. That's it, job done. And then once the washing up's done, I'm quite happy then. I will sit down, watch a movie, do some colouring, go ride a bike. I don't know, arm wrestle someone. Who knows? Play play cards, uh, get in a massive strop because I've lost uh, Scrabble. I mean, who cares? Uh, charades, I don't know. But I, I can't really chill out until the washing up's done. And then do we have a cup of tea and a slice of Christmas cake? 100%, yeah. Tea, Christmas cake, chill, maybe a snooze. And then we wait and see until about nine o'clock and then the cheese is out, isn't it? That's what I want to know about. What happens? So, have we got turkey sandwiches on on the evening? Not or? normally in the evening, maybe, but it's normally that's normally safe for for Boxing Day for the chill for when it's cold meats and pickles. So, yeah, it's normally cheese in the evening. And what's your very favourite bit of Christmas Day? Oh, honestly, it's 100% being with the family, friends, people being there, the noise, the energy, the atmosphere. You know, we're, um, we're, we're very lucky. It's very nice to be able to give gifts. Getting presents is fantastic as well. But actually, particularly this year, because everyone missed out on it last year, it's being able to be surrounded by other people, I think, uh, you know, and recognising what fun it could be and the noises that can be made and creating memories for for, for little people that they'll remember. And and it's weird because you think of things, you know, I know we talked about this on one of the earlier podcasts of your friend who's got preserved um, lemons and, and it's a tradition, a family tradition, you know, and trying to remember, make things that my little man will remember when he's 30, 40 years old of going, yeah, this is what we did every year for us, you know, and it might be making a Christmas cake or it might be his will be making a mince pies with Beth, you know, those sort of things that you remember. And that's what Christmas is about. It's not about the gifts at all. It's about a celebration of people having fun, eating great food and those times that you can create with one another. Does he have little cousins to run around with? He has. He's got a cousin that's exactly the same age as him, so that they, they run around uh, massively. And then he's got um, three other cousins that are all right at the beginning, teenage girls. And then will they all go out for a walk on the afternoon and take some exercise with the dog? I don't know which bit of they're all. The other cousins are all teenage girls. Uh, uh, they will all be on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, on TikTok. <laughs> well, what a wonderful picture of your Christmas you've given us. <laughs> it's going to be warm and lovely. Now, I hope we've got some crackers because this is the moment at which we snap our crackers. This is we... the moment for which I lose my cracker war yet I, again. I, I don't know what's going on here. Oh, we're going to do two at once now. Oh, at last. <laughs> at last, it's the, the, right one, way, one. the right way round. I'm really going to give a rest to this, this joke. I know this joke. I've got yeah. a sticker that says Team Rudolph. Yes. I've got Santa's little helper. I live with that. Oh. What athlete is warmest in winter? What athlete is warmest in winter? It's the long jumper. The long jumper. Oh, I see. It's got a long jumper on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had trouble sure with you these. Like that one. <laughs> we've had trouble with these jokes, haven't we? Um, Tom and I would like to wish all our listeners a very, very happy Christmas, and I hope that you have as much fun over Christmas as we've had bringing this to you today. Thanks for listening, and if you like today's Christmas recipe, tune in to Tom's bonus cook-along episode tomorrow. 
And that was the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.